Welcome to the No Mongol Podcast, a weekly show about all things skateboarding, and my name is Rick Beta. I'm here to strongly advise you from pushing Mongo. You know, it's, it's just not worth the risk. Trust me. You can follow along on social media at Rick Beta, R-I-C-K-B-A-T-A, or email the show, nomongopodcast at gmail.com. Always, always look forward to hearing from y'all. So starting off with a little documentary I was, watched this past week, and little by more of the length and not the message. So let's, let's I just kind of need to preface it with that. And this was one of those kind of like feel-good types. So it's called Wazoo, a pushing Myanmar film. So it was directed by Kia Lin Shui and produced by Tommy Zhao and Piet Guifoil, Guifoil, I believe. And it's clocking in only about 15 minutes, but it was well worth your time. I wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't, okay? And it was filmed in a low-income neighborhood of Yangon, Yangon, Y-A-N-G-O-N, and starred a young, young-ish, only because no one really knows his true age, boy named Wazoo. So back in 2015, Make Life, Skate Life built uh, Myanmar's first like concrete skate park in Yangon, so... And that was right around the time when Wazoo stumbled upon skateboarding. Or, or better yet, I should say, skateboarding found him. Right from the opening image, we saw like a barefooted skater pushing. So you saw feet on a board. And normally I'd get all psyched up and like compare it to Lucas Puig or like shoeless stuff that Jamie Thomas did back in the day. But that's not the case here. Wazoo is very unlike those two as at the start of his skateboarding journey, he didn't even have his own shoes. He had no shoes to be, like, no shoes, period. Not even skate shoes. But thankfully to Pusha Myanmar, they rent out skateboards and shoes, mostly vans, you know, much to their support, of course, for kids like Wazoo. Okay, so how cool is that for one? I mean, you don't have the money to buy a board, yet alone shoes, and they rent them out for these kids. So, you know, low-income neighborhood, they get a chance to experience skateboarding. Cool stuff. And as I mentioned, this is in a very poor and rough neighborhood. Some of the locals even said that Wazoo spent most of his time collecting empty water bottles to turn in for cash. Like, he did that more than he did skating. He, he's like, he, he had this great site and great, you know, place to, an, an outlet for him. But he spent more time just thinking about dollar signs. He's got to eat and get, you know, food on the table. However, though, when he was skating, Wazoo seemed to get, like, the hang of skateboarding pretty quickly, as they said. All the locals all agreed. But there was just one thing getting in the way of his progress. I bet you can guess. It's from the stuff I just mentioned. He got so used to skating in those shoes that he continued to kind of push back <laughs> when advised to do so. And he didn't want to try them out. Like, no, I'm good. I don't need them. I, I don't need shoes. So imagine that. You're, you're trying to convince a skater that tricks are going to be much easier for you, easier for you to do with shoes on. <laughs> and he was a great skater before shoes. I'm like... Vans, you say? No, just any shoes. But they did have a nice like stockpile of vans in, in, the, in many of the shots you can see. So clearly they supported this documentary. It was very cool. Got to give them so huge props to them. I've been a lifelong, like 30-plus year supporter of Vans shoes. And I haven't asked for a dime from them. It's just loyalty, baby. Loyalty. But I did think, I, yeah, I, I thought I saw one pair of Nikes. No signs of the... Karyumas, is that how you is that how you say those shoes? Karyumas, Karyumas. I don't even know how to pronounce them, but I didn't see any of those. So no Lakai's, you know, which is Vans, a couple of Nikes, 
that's it. You know, that's that's and that's more than enough to get them started. So Wazoo said, quote, I didn't know it was better to skate in shoes. <laughs> wow. So crazy guy used to that. He complained that his feet felt hot in shoes. And Lucas Puig probably heard that and like flipped up a coffee table in arguments like, see, that's what I'm talking about. The kids get it, damn it. That's what's up. Skating without shoes. Now, who in the hell is going to help me clean up all this mess? See, Lucas, Lucas Puig gets it. And now he, you know, he probably has his back now. In his spare time, Wazoo's day job, you know, quote unquote, is handling meat for like street vendors. So dude's like, or I should say the kid, little kids, he's picking up chunks of meat. And clearly that doesn't provide all of his income as he was, you know, as he collects bottles and stuff like that. But it's still impressive nonetheless. I mean, this dude's just, he knows what needs to be get done without, with very minimal supervision. And he provides that's well done. And another thing too, as I hinted earlier, no one really knows exactly how old he is. Um, a teacher guessed that he's like 14, 15, maybe around ninth or 10th grade. And I wish we'd have gotten like a little more backstory on like his much earlier life. They didn't go into too many, like too much details, too many details, but there was no mention of a father from what I recall. And, and assuming that maybe something happened there, but, it was really like unclear on his mother's status too. So just kind of some, some open stuff that or you know, questions that I had about it that I kind of jotted down that I don't recall being answered. So, and notice how I haven't mentioned anything about school, like simply put, he can't afford to go. And that's so sad to say, right? That's so sad to think because he, as you mentioned, he can't afford to get the books you know, the clothes, oftentimes there's uniforms involved, transportation, if you don't have transportation to and from, there's all these costs that, you know, you think, oh, quote, unquote, free school. It's not free. We all know that kid, parents with kids, you know, it's not free. It's not a free ride. There's always some, something that you need to pay for or provide. So he was forced to leave school in the fourth grade. And I put exclamation points on that, on my notes here, because... My kids just started the fourth grade What they're on their fourth week. Can't even imagine that. Them going, you know what? I can't do this. I got to go start making money in the street. Kind of, you know, work at street vendors and pick up bottles and cans and just, just to do something to bring in food on my table at that age. It's crazy. But this is where Pushing Myanmar's Bright Minds program comes into play, right? It's perfect timing, perfectly timed with the documentary. Because what that Bright Minds program includes, it provides the basic literacy skills and even things like how to read a clock or a calendar. And it's for, you know, anyone who's there skating the park, they can join this. I think they says a six-week pilot program, which is awesome. So Wazoo was like in a win-win situation with this program. And because of that, his confidence like began to soar. So not only on the board, but off the board. And all of his hard work paid off for us to see when this great moment, seven minutes and 41 seconds, you have to pause it there, rewind it, just take that all in because that, that's what's up. That's right there is what it's all about. Such an amazing moment and look at that moment. It's like, damn, that was cool. But all the warm and fuzzy feelings didn't last that long. 
as his, you know, living situation was finally brought up. And just hearing how he managed just the changing seasons, you know, what he had to deal with rain or if his, you know, environment got wet, dealing with snakes, because, you know, if you think about it, if you don't have four walls and a, and a roof, snakes and other creatures are going to come into your life. So he just talked about dealing with that. However, though, once again, pushing Myanmar stepped in to save the day. What a great gesture they did. And it sounds like they've got an amazing program over there. They are truly saving lives. They hooked him up. And that made a difference. But I love how confident he was to like towards the end and about how like, yeah, I'm gonna be he's gonna get there's two like local rippers there, their sponsor, and he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna get as good as them, and I'm not gonna stop skating when I get as good as them. I'm gonna continue to keep skating. So he's already at that mindset, like he can I mean he picks up tricks pretty quickly. They they've all said it, like, dude, he in the last two to four years, this kid has just developed. They'd give him trick tips, he'd land the trick, like within a few tries. I mean, maybe it was the advice, maybe it's the vans. <coughs> cough cough not an ad of course but who knows right but he rips and i'm looking forward to seeing his his arc his skateboarding arc from here good things are on the horizon you know who knows how old he is i think he's what 15 16 depending on when they recorded it and how long it took to come out but he's still he's still not he's a youth he's not an adult yet so just wait until like we see his growth spurts and you know at around 18 He's going to be a treat to watch. Now, for as heartwarming and feel-good this documentary is, I started to get really pumped up around the 12-minute mark. Where the hell did that song come from? I was like, oh, yeah, I don't care because I'm moving some furniture right now. I was like, yeah, let's do this. I bet that would even get, like, Andy Roy in the pit. That was great, great stuff. I was like, yeah, whoa, okay, we're really doing this, huh? Some moshing? this documentary okay and then only a minute later i was looking around for some tissue you know making sure no one was like cutting onions nearby it's that damn dramatic like documentary music that that tugs at your internals man you know what i'm saying that's like there's only like maybe a handful of those those songs it's like they hear kind of hearing the piano and doo, doo, doo. you know but i loved what everyone had to say about like the past four years with wazoo but i also also loved what he had to say himself that's key. He knows he is very blessed to have picked up a skateboard, what, four or five years ago. And he's already teaching a younger generation to skate, if you caught that on the, in the documentary. He's teaching kids to drop in. The smiles go on both faces. It, it's, it's amazing. And it's come full circle, my friends, full circle for him. What an amazing, like, journey life is, right? This kid has nothing. No shoes. Doesn't go to school. Skateboarding kind of stumbled into his life. The skate park was built in the neighborhood that is a low income, which usually is, as we know, from the Tony Hawk projects and stuff like that. Like, it's not easy to get skate parks in places. And it's a pretty good looking park, too. You know, I'd skate it. Put me down for like a rock and roll or two, you know. Yeah, definitely. But I'll put the link in the show notes below. But be sure to head on over to pushingmyanmar.org. So that's pushing, M-Y-A-N-M-A-R.org. And just check. It's a really simple page to, to view. And if you want to, if you feel like donating to their wonderful cause, do that as well. 
you see where their money goes. You see what they did for, for Wazoo just this past, what, four or five years. So much respect to all the individuals involved in that cause. Well done. Well done. And this is not a brag. It's not a humble brag. It's not anything outside of just straight fact. It was 90 degrees today here in San Jose. So it's still hot. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm still parched by the end of the day. And wearing a mask all day for work, is it took me some time. It's, what, four weeks now I've been at this gig, and it's tough. I'm, like, huffing and puffing all day, drinking a lot of water. Anyways, so, yeah, I just had to replenish my body real quickly. So moving on to the latest issue of Stoops Magazine, which is number eight for those keeping track at home. They had a great piece called In His Words and by Albert Leandro. Okay, so I know I've seen this name around, but wasn't too familiar with them at first, you know, but that's changed now. You know, as this dude, he's on my radar now as of this podcast. He talked about growing up in Brazil and how the gang lifestyle was like constantly in his face. And we've heard this theme before, right? We've, you know, new, not even in, just in skateboarding alone. It's all over, right? You know, sports, just in life. And he even mentioned that even to a very recent date, some gangsters told his mom to let him know if they ever needed anything. And that's how they get you. And they're persistent, too. And the timing of this piece was very interesting, which I want to talk about is because over the weekend, this past holiday weekend, I was talking with some friends and gangs got brought up because we both work at high schools. And one of them works at a pretty rough, in a pr pretty rough area. I don't need to mention the school or the city, but it's in, you know, it's about an hour from San Jose for, for me. But she said that gang members are constantly recruiting, you know, students and mostly via favors. And oftentimes the kids don't even see it coming. They'll seek like individuals that either have, you know, one to no parents. Like they'll literally kind of scope and and plot and plan. Like and take their time and their selections and get the right ones they know that that might bite, you know, or kids that just don't have any leadership in the house or anything like that. And they they slowly prime them, you know, for the life. One gift at a time, or even one favor at a time. Could be thing anything from a cheeseburger to new shoes. And I was just. This isn't like some story. This is straight facts. I'm like, this is insane. So small things like that add up over time, right? So, And once they've completed that favor, the plan for the return on investments begins and also increases. You know, next thing you know, the gang is hitting you up for like your quote unquote debt to pay. And most of the time, the money isn't even available. You don't have any money to, to, to offer. Nothing on the table for these guys. So they then in return tell you okay you, you don't have the money here's what you need to do for us so it's a crime and favors that to pay off that debt so they get them it's crazy stuff i know that's kind of a sidebar from you know what albert's done but i it just i had to mention it because it's crazy that they do this at that young of an age but albert also mentioned that you know playing soccer you know we say soccer playing as a kid you think oh it's just for fun no there's always gambling going on, is what he says. And it, whether it's for food or water, 
you know, because that's it's very mostly in poor neighborhoods, too. Like I said, he grew up in a rough and poor neighborhood. And it doesn't even have to be drugs or anything like that to get sucked in. Food or water. And as he said, eight out of nine players are usually linked to a gang. To a gang. So you're playing soccer, and you are, like, a ton degrees of separation from, like, the boss man. And more often than not, people died from playing the soccer games. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You join a group on the pitch, you know, everyone agrees on, like, a bet for some water, which I don't know how much water. You know, is it bottle water? You know, I don't know how dire it is. Is it uh, a, a gallon of water, a five-gallon, whatever it may be, right? But then some end up dead because of either some miscommunication or some trash talking, anything like that, and you're dead. It's insane. But as he said, though, skateboarding took him away from that stuff, you know, and that life, and he's very appreciative of it. Like, he gets it. But in a sense, it did. It saved his life. Skateboarding saved his life. You hear that all the time. Even when his mom was working every day and just trying to provide the best life for him, and he grew up around that lifestyle, and he, he made it out. So he's a success, which is very rare from what I'm recalling or uh, what I'm getting from his story, especially in Brazil. I mean, in Rio. One quote from him that really resonated with me, though, was like only because I know I've said it a lot and not just for me, but it's on how awesome Brazilian skateboarders are. And we joke and say things like, you know, what the hell are they put in the water down there? It's like, damn, these guys are so good, you know, or stuff like that. How in the hell are they so good? What do they do down there? I know I've said that stuff before, but he broke it down like this. Quote, Americans see Brazilians, they wonder how they are so good. But growing up, we understood that we had to win to eat. That's the difference. End quote. See, that's the key point that I hadn't really thought about before. And I don't recall even hearing about it. Or maybe I have and I just forgot. But Albert said that his main driving factor in entering contests was not just to become like the best skater in the world. It was mainly to win cash and prizes so he could get food to eat and then have some left over to enter another contest and kind of rinse or repeat. You know, that was his thing. You know, he had to do that. There's no other backup plan. He would sell pretty much everything he won from cars to motorcycles, you know, you name it. He would sell it to either on the street or to his friends. And he was on track for success until a car accident in 2019 that derailed him kind of for a couple years. But in that time, he started up a couple of side hustles that have now gained some traction. He's now sponsored by Alfonso Rawls Shoe Company, uh, Savale, which they retail, I didn't know this, for $230, just in case you were wondering. But he mentioned he, he doesn't skate in them. He just rocks them when he's not on a board. But $230 shoes, have has anyone listening, any one of you listening, have you bought a pair of those yet? I, I've seen some, maybe I've seen the prototypes, but I don't, they're just not my style, not my jam, but let me know. $230, should I, should I get a pair just to rock in the house? You know, like from slippers type, good for my feet. But 230 bucks, I mean, I, I don't remember the last time I spent $200 on shoes. I don't think I've, actually, let me rephrase that. I don't think I've ever paid $200 for shoes. Even my dress shoes that I wear to like weddings and stuff like that, they're all like, Hundred, maybe less. Bottom on sale, two hundred thirty bucks. So uh, yeah, let me know if you uh, you bought a pair. Let me know if you like them. 
But Albert is very well aware of the opportunities skateboarding has provided him. And, you know, he knows it's not just about skateboarding as well. He's got plans in place for when he's like, he can no longer skate. And he said, quote, people want to know why Brazilians are so good. The answer is because Brazilians see skateboarding as an opportunity for a better life. They don't just see it as fun. You have one chance. You have to do your best. And just like that, I now have Eminem's mom's spaghetti on the mind, you know? But this was a great piece from Alder. It definitely made me think, you know? And like I said, I know I've heard various things over the years from all the writers from like Brazil, but I don't recall, yeah, I don't recall reading something like this, you know? It's very specific. Got very, a lot of details about this. You'll have to check it out. And he also mentioned that he had a new video part on YouTube because I was going to, I looked, I didn't see anything less than like, I don't know, four years old. Let me know if you find it too, because I, I had no luck. But I was hoping to piggyback my thoughts on, you know, the Stoops Mag article and then his video, but I couldn't find the damn video. I don't know when was this was, you know, he wrote this or, or what. But if you want to check it out, go to stoopsmag.com and it's issue number eight. So it's a great issue too. I, I could have talked about the whole mag. Great stuff in there. Some very damn good stuff. Great interviews, great articles. Check it out. And they ship out pretty fast, too. Yeah, I ordered mine, uh, what was it, last week or not even too long ago, and I already have it. So, But, yeah, I'll put the link in the notes below. And finally, I received the latest issue of Thrasher Magazine yesterday, October 2021, number 495. You know which one we're talking about. Brianna Gearing. Yes, yes. Yeah, wait, hold on. Golf claps. And we all knew that she was on the cover because we could see it like weeks in advance. And we all know she's pro now. But I want to talk about it because it's very cool to actually see this magazine in real life. It's right here. You can hear it in my hands. And it got me thinking, like, how, how many others have done it before? Is she the fourth? Carabeth Burnside, Jamie Reyes, Lizzie Armanto, and Brianna. That's it, right? So she's number four. I mean, unless did I did I miss one? So so fact checkers, please keep me in in check, please. But I just wanted to take a moment to just look at this cover. Yeah, she's doing a crooked grind, and it looks like it's on a house or a building, right? Oh, wait a minute. What do these tags say? I'm adjusting the light now. Does that say Rick? Right? Look at her board and look to the right. Does that say Rick? Is that a like a ang like a diagonal R or is it Rasick? Who the hell is Rasick? No, that looks like R I C K. How many Ricks have uh, been on the cover? Now I think about it, Howard, the crank. This looks like a Rick to me, though. Rizik. What the hell's the other one say? P. P. S. Homies, Pasomies. What the hell are these taggers doing? Illegible tags, dude, or dudettes. They wouldn't know what the hell these say, but I, I that says Rick. Sorry, Brianna. I'm kind of. Your cover's great. Don't get me wrong, but I need to find out who the hell is. No, that's that's a Rick. Never mind. I'm gonna let that go. But 
But anyway, so I, I had to give a shout out because this is groundbreaking. This is another issue that I am not going to get rid of. Probably just frame it or do whatever I need to do. I don't keep all of my mags anymore because I don't have the space. But there are only a select few that that earn a cop. I mean, earn a spot in my Thrasher magazine copies, and this is going to be one of them. So, and now that I think about it too. I didn't get my uh, latest Transworld mag slash men's. Was it, was it men's health? Men's. I don't know what they keep sending me. But I didn't get one. Normally they come the same day. Maybe my subscription finally expired. I've been getting for the last what two years? When did when did Transworld go under? Two years ago. I must have paid like way in advance, or they just forgot. But anyways, they just popped in. It's random thoughts. But yeah, that was a, a rendition of Rick's breakdown of Thrasher uh, magazine covers. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, impromptu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be back next month to break down. Uh, what else could I break down? Maybe the, the sticker and how it's placed. But no, yeah. Pasomis and Rizik. I don't know what those tags say. Anyway, you guys let me know if you know the, the tagger that did those. But now they're famous, right? They're on the Thrasher cover, and they have me talking about it on this podcast. So well done to the taggers. But, yeah, Brianna, that's awesome. Well-deserved. You kill it. So that's all I've got for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, by the way, yes, yes, I know there's an episode four of Intruders out there. <sighs> Deep breath. Exhale. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. But soon, but soon. But the question is, will I talk about it? All I got to say is TBT. That's my tag. TBD. I'll see you.